welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Oh are my gosh. <laughs> is everyone, guys, is this the energy that you needed in your Monday morning? I know it is. Anytime absolutely. I see Ana Ace, it's the energy I needed in my Monday morning. Okay, so... 
Um, I'm going to quickly tell everyone what we're doing with Business with Champions, yeah. and then we can tell everyone how brilliant you are. And then I want to pull some people up on stage. I want a workshop. So Anais and I met um, in Marketing Monday on Clubhouse. And um, one of the things that was so special about that room was that business owners would come up on stage and ask their marketing questions. And we would workshop live and it was so synergetic and it was so exciting. And I got to meet Anis, who's, you know, brilliant, superhuman marketer. And so I wanted to start Business with Champions every Monday to do the same thing. I figured we'd chat about actually really useful tactical concepts that are going to help business owners move the needle forward because that's what we're doing in Breakfast with Champions. We're trying to level up and we'd pull up anyone on stage who wanted to come up. So Anis, tell everyone who you are and what you do and all that goodness. And I got this crazy cappuccino because I said we'd be meeting for coffee. Can you see this? Oh, I love it. I this is actually maybe going to be my thing because it's the second because when I met with Donna, I had a cappuccino as large as my face as well. So I think this is just like part of the brand now. It's part of the brand. Listen, it's been twice. You're committed at this point. So. Uh, yeah, I ended up actually making a matcha this morning. So we'll, I'm sorry, <laughs> not a cold my side. Of no, things, I love it. It's very West Coast drink. of you. It's very West Coast of you. So I love it. You're bringing in, we're bringing more okay. people in. I love it. I love it. All right, cool. So yeah, about me, my name is Ana Iskanuna. I am an aligned marketing strategist. What that means is that I center a lot of my marketing practices on ethics and values and uh, like human sustainability, which I, I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't consider when they're putting together their marketing plans, especially as first-time business owners, especially when there's limited resources like time and money. So um, I do that. I'm, I primarily serve spirit-led businesses, which I define as folks who have a calling in their heart that they are taking action on. Um, and I do that through uh, coaching programs, through consulting, fractional CMO, and then I have a whole other business uh, Nadia, uh, with my business partner, Nadia Payan. Uh, called Aligned Visionaries, which is a membership space where we essentially teach folks how to get into their bodies first and integrate and get to know themselves so that they can show up in business as a whole human. <laughs> That's amazing. So my first question for you, when you talk about mm -hmm. aligned marketing, like, is that something that people generally find like a foreign concept? Are they even aware yeah. that, that there is an ethical way to market? Can you kind of share a little bit more about mm -hmm. that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's usually not an awareness around being able to market in an ethical way, especially in the United States. Like we have a lot of our traditional marketing is absolutely rooted in manipulation. And it's why a lot of people have this aversion to marketing themselves. Like you'll hear it all the time. Like, oh, I don't want to feel slimy. I don't want to feel sleazy. I don't want to be pushing people into doing something. And it's because that's the marketing we've been served. We've seen marketing that's totally shifted our society into, you know, things like beauty standards and eating disorders and, you know, harmful practices. So a lot of times when people think about their marketing, they're thinking that there's only this one way to do it, which is to manipulate folks into buying what it is that they're serving. But if you look at marketing from an angle of, uh, first of all, that you have the capability and options to market from a place that is aligned with your values, that's coming from a place where you don't have to manipulate folks, you just get to inform them, it creates a lot more ease for people to step their toe in and then actually create a business that's sustainable and still be able to actually sell because you can't stay in business if you're not making money. That's unfortunately the reality of, of, our, of our day. No, I can't hear you. Are you still muted? 
I'm muted. That's why, because I'm busy. I'm like sharing it out. I'm like, get on in here. No, and like, so I, I muted myself while so I was like juice. sharing and texting. Um, you know, I love that point that you just raised because people do think that you have to pick one. Like, mm-hmm. well, either I'm going to be a really good person or I'm going to make money. And, and sometimes I think that they think that down to their marketing too. They were like, but I want the most effective marketing. And I yeah. love this idea that um, it is not true that being cognizant, being more ethical, what any of those things could be, would negatively impact your marketing. It's going to be the opposite. And it's not just going to be the opposite in the cases that I think we talk about all the time. Like when we think about a, a Dove Beauty campaign or when we think about um, you know, Tom shoes, when we think about kind of like any other space, but really holistically overall, yeah. you know, one of the things that you said in your first breakfast with champion segments that I'll never forget when you were talking about, um, practices that are almost misaligned, but we don't even notice it because it's so uh-huh. much a part of our daily fabric. You were talking about when people pay, um, put payment options out for their courses and they yep. tell people like, Oh, if this is too much for you to pay at once, it's okay. Just pay you know, four installments of this and it ends up being more. And you were like, but is that actually helping your client or customer who's in a space where they need a financial break? And I was like, why has no one said that to me before? I mean, it's because again, we have these practices that we're taught and marketing for marketing has been a one-way street for a really long time. Where the only times that we're thinking about fine tuning marketing has been for the benefit of the business, has been for the benefit of making profits. And when we expand what our entrepreneurship can do to beyond just making money, where we can be of service, we can help the you know, we can help people, we can help planet, we can help profit as well, because again, you need profit, then you suddenly expand what you can do with your marketing. And pricing is is a huge, it's a huge point where people get a lot get stuck on. Because I have a lot of clients who like their their um, one of their core values is is accessibility, specifically financial accessibility. And again, like like you just mentioned, they would have these pricing structures, these payment plans that were more expensive. So like to me, it was such a just it's such an obvious like miss uh, mismatch in values and, and embodiment and action. So how can you say that you value financial accessibility while while you know that it's more expensive? to be, uh, it's more expensive to be poor than it is to be wealthy, right? Things cost more. You can't buy things in bulk. Like there's just, there's just more expenses involved. So when you're trying to serve that value, you can't feed into the system that is, that is causing those problems. I mean, I'm just taking a moment on it's more expensive to be poor than it is to be wealthy. And I think it's, it's so true. And I just, you know, I want to take a moment actually, um, because I could just geek out and interview yeah. all day and, and that's what we're <laughs> going to do here. But I also want to tell, you know, Debbie and Marwan, my dear friend, Stephanie, our co-mod Amanda, my dear friend, Kim, Gloria, Ida, Annette, anyone who's in the room, please raise your hands. If you have a question to ask Anais or myself, we are both marketers. Um, so we love chatting all things marketing. Um, But again, I think one of the things that I really find, one of the many things that I really find special about you is um, your approach. And that's why I'm kind of honing in on that today. So another thing that I heard you say once on a Breakfast with Champions stage, when someone had asked you a marketing question, you'd given them an answer and you asked them, how does that feel in your body? Uh And I'm curious for you honestly, I'm curious for you what it's like as a working woman, almost being so 
confident in mm. answers that maybe we don't hear quote unquote in the corporate world where you developed that confidence um, and what that's like for you. <laughs> and does it, you know, again, is it expansive for you and your client base that you're so true to who you are? Do you ever get pushback? I'm curious. Uh, so how I got there was the short answer is trauma. <laughs> the longer answer is um, like, I mean, I had, I had a difficult dynamic growing up in my family and because of that, I was forced very early to be an advocate for myself before I knew I had to be an advocate for myself. And also, like, I had to navigate a lot of systems. Like, I, um, like I'm a third culture kid. My mother was raised in one country. My father was raised in another. And I was raised in a third country that is the United States. So there was always this sense of not really belonging in any one place. And when you have that, like, internally part of your identity, you tend to try to find places where um, like you tend to negotiate the facts of life, right? And you, you question a lot of it because the fact of life in the US is very different than the fact of life in Tunisia where my father's from or even in France. So you tend to question a lot of status quo situations, which, uh, you know, in my, my childhood, like I, when I was a very, very young kid, I used to throw tantrums when I didn't like how things were set up. Now I don't throw tantrums. I just, <laughs> I ask questions. <laughs> um, so it, it, it came from a lot of practice. It came from having difficult times. And then as I got older and more in tune with what was actually happening within my nervous system, I was able to, first of all, regulate myself and then also help other people regulate themselves too. So when I ask people about you know, how it feels in their body, for me, marketing and business as a whole, we, we use so much of our logical brain in order to get things done. And we forget that we have this entire other piece of knowledge that is our body that will inform us whether something is actually right for us or not if we just take the time to listen. So when um, when I, I do take, I mean, thankfully I've gotten to a place in my career where everybody that I work with, they are a spiritual person that they have no problem, first of all. Like sometimes I'll, I'll start sessions with my, with my clients and we'll start with a meditation because I see that they're too much and things. So I'll drop them back into their bodies with a meditation because again, the type of marketing that we do, we want to be aligned with who we are on the inside. And so often- we, That's we amazing, by the way. Can I just say that? I think that I've never heard anyone say that. That's why I wanted to talk to you about marketing because um, I, to me, it's a, it's a mindset shift mm -hmm. um, because I know you're a brilliant and bad A because we're on a Barks and Champions page marketer. I, I know that I've said if anyone came up, we, yeah. we could talk about anything with marketing, but like, it's so fascinating to me um, that you would say, I, I'm going to start with the meditation first and then we'll get into the marketing. So mm -hmm. I just, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. And again, I'm, I, I have clients now, like, first of all, like I, I'm a very big fan of being more and more nuanced with who you work with as your career develops. And also like, it's, it's these like, this is what people come to me for now, too. It's like, yes, we want the marketing, we want the logic, we want the tactics, and I want to feel really good about it. So sometimes the best thing you can do, like, there's, there's, this, um, there's this concept in spirituality that sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is, is not do anything spiritual. And I think that's the same thing with marketing. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in getting marketing done and getting our views and getting our engagement and getting people down our funnel that we forget to just, like, take space and, like, and chill and let things take their course and instead of trying to force things take a step back to readjust and to, to see okay what's maybe not working or what are my expectations that i need to adjust so it's not always the logic that needs to be fixed sometimes it is you know the the body itself and i think that's actually 
something that I want to bring up too is like I, I talked about trauma earlier. A lot of times, like a lot of first-time business owners, especially when we're doing something that's that's our calling, we don't realize that like our values are intrinsically tied to our traumas. They're intrinsically tied tied to like what we either had a lack of in childhood or what we had an abundance of in childhood that really made life easier. So when you're in business for yourself and you want to do things from a values way, you have to understand your trauma and and be clear on it. And yeah. when we're telling people to, to the, like, we're telling people like, hey, you need to be front facing. You need to go there and show yourself. You need to be seen. And for a lot of folks, there's trauma in being seen. Being seen meant you got punished and being seen meant something bad happened to you. So we're telling people, go out there and, and put yourself out there. And like, we're, we're seeing people put the water in and then again, trauma response, nervous system will go up. So if you're not mm. tending to mm. both, there's no way you're going to be able to create a marketing plan that's sustainable to you and tends to your nervous system. Wow. I mean, that's so interesting for me. No, because I think about when people say they're working themselves the bone or Mm -hmm. they're overworking and they work to the point of feeling sick, of feeling sick to their stomach, of having to lay down, of having a headache, of feeling that anxiety. And it's so interesting to me to think about you know, maybe it's not just a lack of sleep. It's a, it's a unexamined, it's an unexamined life. You know what I mean? Um, which is like a super powerful, um, super powerful. So I I feel like you're going to say something. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, there's this saying too. It's like your body will whisper if you let it, but if you don't listen to the whisper, it'll scream. And that's when we see things like disease. This is when we see things that like people will just get incredibly sick and, or burn out entirely. And I say this as someone who experienced very bad burnout that took me out for a good like year. Wow. Well, we're yeah. so glad you're back. Me too. Um, oh, I'm going to, yeah. Steph's coming up on stage. Steph yeah. is awesome. Steph, join this conversation. Get on in here. Have you met Anais? Because you two would like just super hit it off. <laughs> good morning, Sarah. Anais, it's awesome to, we say meet you. I think we all just kind of understand what that means. Nice to meet you. Absolutely. And so happy to hear you on Fireside. This is such First of all, I think this is such a critically important conversation. And Anais, I have not heard anyone in marketing that has talked about this the way that you do. <clears throat> and here's a couple a couple of thoughts that you just sort of evoked through me. I think number one, starting out with a client in a meditative state is really fascinating because number one, it aligns your energy, you and your client. And I think starting out with meditation, prayer, whatever that sort of expression is for you, you're going to have a better marketing campaign because it will automatically be more aligned. Marketing is, this is who I am, or this is what my product is. Great marketing is not showing up in a perfect Chanel suit with pearls and a perfect hairdo. Marketing is showing up going, this is me, this is my product, and expressing it in an authentic, value-based way is critical. And it's very hard to do that if you don't align with your client's mission and values. Your marketing campaign is not going to be as successful as it would be if you start out from a place of alignment. And you're also forcing your client into a state of alignment with mm-hmm. their own values and their own self. So then before you start talking about what is this going to look like, you are creating space for that alignment, whether they know it or not. And I think that is immensely important. And lastly, the interesting thing about trauma is if you stayed present for the lessons involved in the trauma, I try to approach all the trauma I've had in my life in the past and then certainly any trauma coming up because that's just part of life yeah. is not why is this happening to me, but 
what is this here to teach me? Because there's big lessons, no matter how hard or painful or personal. And if you can do that, the growth that will happen as a result of showing up brave and vulnerable and willing to view trauma as a teacher is going to expand your capacity as a human exponentially. So those were the two thoughts I had for you, Anais, as I was listening to you. So great to have you here. Sarah, thanks for hosting this conversation. Fantastic. Absolutely. And don't go anywhere, Steph, because I just have to take a minute to say that if someone would have told me a year ago that I was going to be on stage with Steph, Anais, and Kim, I just, I wouldn't have even um, believed them. And so if the three of you don't know each other, and if you all aren't following these um, three powerhouse, brilliant business leaders, um, I can't even get over how grateful I am that you all are here today and to every single person in the room. Um, so we were going to do a marketing Q and a session. If you have a question about your business, come on up here. If not, I'll kind of throw some in a little bit about where we are with marketing, but Anais is an aligned marketer. And so that's really, um, what we've been chatting about this morning, Kim, I'm curious since you popped on, you know, how do you, um, you know, take into account your clients' values, um, in marketing and in helping them create, um, the strategies for their business? Oh, that is so good. Um, I love that question. I think it's really important to share mine openly as part of my marketing and messaging so that when someone chooses to work with me, they already know what my point of view is. And so as a magnet will, I'm only going to attract to me ma uh, magnetic energy that's a right fit. So um, for instance, I'm not my, I specifically speak in the face of the hustle and grind 24 seven mentality or the bro marketing that says we're supposed to sacrifice all else to grow our business. I don't believe we were put on the earth to just be one piece, one thing, one thing at all. And so I believe that you can have both an empire business and a lifestyle business. <laughs> and I speak that truth often. And so if someone is of the mindset that like, I'm going to hustle and grind 24 seven and my family's got to understand that, then that they're not going to mess with me. And the, but there are other people who are the right match for them. So then, and also I, I say, you do not need to believe in the same God that I believe in, but I'm going to talk about him often. So you've got to be comfortable with that. So like we, certain things I'm super transparent about from the very, very beginning so that people who come into my world know that and they're going to be in line with those values and beliefs. And it's so interesting, this question even, because what's so amazing is the more I have been upfront about my values, the higher value, more successful, ready to go clients I've attracted. Last week, three people joined our elite level, which is $40,000. And they came because of the values I put out there because they want to have more of that balance in their life. So it's amazing. We're scared to do it sometimes, but it's the absolute thing we need to do a lot of the times to get our business to grow. I love that. Anais, tell me what you think of that, of that answer, of those sentiments. Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's also like from, from a marketing perspective, again, a lot of times we um, like the traditional marketing, we think about it in the sense of like everything to get the bottom line in, right? That's the, that's the marketing we get brought up in. That's the marketing that we see every day. And one thing about when you're creating your values and you're putting that up front and center and you're, and you're embodying them too, is that it creates a two-way filtration system 
right? The people that are coming through the customer journey are very clear of like, yes, this is for me or no, this is not for me. And the opposite is also true. If someone comes along, like you get to make the decision as to like, wait, this is not at all aligned with my values or yes, it is. And again, it's, it's instead, it's like taking the blinders off of what entrepreneurship is of just profit and allowing it to expand into like, is this sustainable? And is this creating, is this feeding into the life and the lifestyle that I actually want and that I desire to, to bring forward? You know, Anais, I have a follow-up question for, for you and for Kim and Stephanie, please thoughts on this as well. I think, you know, I imagine that there might be some people in the room who, because I think we all hit those times when we question ourselves, but it's harder when it's a value that we hold sacred. And it's harder when someone's saying, that doesn't belong in business. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Why are you holding on to that value when you could just go out there and appeal to everyone and be a bajillionaire? And I'm like curious, almost the encouragement that you would give to that person who maybe um, is feeling like they're being told that living into their values means that they're not going to be able to successfully market or hit a certain level or hit a certain echelon because they're so values driven. Because we do have to fight back against that messaging. Like as Kim was saying, fight back up against that hustle culture. I think you also have to fight back sometimes that there's no place for values in business and business should just be like um palatable for everyone it should be bland it should be it should just appeal to everyone. should be you know what i mean so i'd love yeah. to hear kind of your your thoughts on that well there, there's two things one is uh, a saying that has that was said to me a lot in my first gosh decade of being an entrepreneur which is like it's not personal it's just business and i think that's just such bs it's such bs i think that if you have to put your values to the side in order to have a profitable business, you need to kind of rethink your life because that, that's just not, that's not a way that I want to live. Like, again, like it, when you create so much misalignment, like it's going to be paid for somewhere, whether it's in your, your relationships, whether it's in within yourself and like, again, disease and things like that. Like it, you can't just live like constantly battling against things that you hold near and dear to your heart and, and be okay in the long run, like it's just not sustainable. And I mean, for me, like, I, I think it's very much a, an idea of like, you have to pick your lane. Like, I don't need to convince everybody that living this way is better. Like that's, that's not my role in life. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people like finding their own way. I'm okay with just planting the seed. I'm okay with people like telling me like, oh, you're never going to succeed. I was like, okay, I already am, but okay, sure. Like, I don't need to convince people. Um, and also, like, all, for me, the people who are drawn to this are the people who know that this is, a, like, a truth for them. And they know that it's a possibility and they know it's a desire for them, too. So I think, like, yeah, of course, I think it's really easy. There's so much stuff out there that's like, okay, you want to make a quick buck? Here's how you do drop shipping. Here's how you do this. Like, there's so many things that you can do to make a quick dollar if you're into exploiting yourself, if you're into working hours that aren't sustainable for you. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. If you're into to you know harming planet people uh, at at the uh, at the if you're into harming the planet and people, yeah, <laughs> that's your Look, thing. And some people are okay with that. 
and and frankly, we're all. But, that, okay but I with love that honestly, Anais, I love how comfortably you say that because to your point, I think that it is pushing back against a traditional narrative mm-hmm. of this is the way things have always been done. You know what I mean? Well, this is the bottom line. This is the tactics. This is the and when you kind of make light of it in some ways and how you frame it out on the other side. Not make light of it, but do you know what I mean? When you kind of point out yeah. how it is not entrenched, I think that's really powerful. Well, it's also like I, I have to, when I say these things, I have to reckon with the fact that there's choices that I make that do harm people. There's choices that it make that does harm the planet. Like I shall still shop at Amazon. Like that is not helpful to people or planet. That is not helpful rather to people or planet for the long, like for a lot of things. So it's, it's like, I say these things while also like examining myself and the choices that we're making. But when we're able to examine the choices that we're making, at least we have the awareness of it. Right. So like, I know eventually, like I would like to move away from shopping at Amazon altogether. And right now that's not where I'm at in my life. Right. But it's, it's knowing what my values are and knowing that like, I want to take steps and seeing where I can take steps and marketing to me is is a no brainer because it's, it's what we were saying earlier. Like the more I can be authentic to me, the more I can be aligned and be proud of who I am, the more people that are coming to me that are just like a heck yes, I'm in like whatever, like I I just, I want to work with you. And, and I mean, it's, it's what Kim was saying earlier. It's like when you can really own who you are and I don't, I hate using the word own because I really don't believe it, but when you can embody the fullness of who you are, like it's actually, let's, let's give it a marketing concept, right? So usually in marketing, you have this product or service that you're selling and there's someone that needs this product or service, right? But if you expand what you're talking about beyond just the product, beyond just what it does, what, uh, what you can use it for, the longevity, the sustainability, the customer service behind it, if you go and you expand to the values, suddenly the amount of people that can relate to that product expands. So they mm. might need this product, but they really want a product that's actually you know, created from biodegradable materials, right? You suddenly expand how much people can connect with that product or service because you are sharing more of yourself and more about what the values are that, that went into creating the product or service and more about the why. So you're creating more points of connection strictly from the, the marketing sense. And for you as a human, right? Like if you're the one who's, you know, a small business owner, you have limited time and resources, would you rather spend more time tending to clients who know who you are and who are yes to it or trying to convince people that like your process is the process and that they should trust you? You know what I love about that is that we act like leaning into our values is niching down, but you just explained how it's expansive. I have bought products from companies uh, that I did not need because I was, I wanted to support them. I've done that. You know? Yeah. I think whether on the small scale from like Girl Scout cookies, just because you want to support your neighbor's child's entrepreneurial spirit (laughs) to, um, that's amazing. Cause so often, wow, that was good. That was good on it. Thanks. But also like, think about it. Even if, if you don't want to, you know, buy the Girl Scout cookies, you'll promote it. So like I have I have a time. I, I will buy some thinness. I will um, buy some thinness. <laughs> I have no doubt. But let's say there was a product, right? Like there was a product that that like you want to support the company. You might not right. need the product, or you might, you might not be spending on stuff that you don't need at the moment. You would still promote it. Or if people are talking about this, like you would go and be a a ambassador for them because you align with their values, even if you're not the one who needs the product. 
and here's the thing. It's so interesting what you're saying too, because I think too often we admit um, almost like the opposite or the negative side mm-hmm. of things without um, admitting the positive. And what I mean by that is that as soon as the brand falls short of values that we align with, we're done. Mm-hmm. But we don't acknowledge that alignment with their brand values is why we say tried and true in the first place, right? So like, we've seen it. We've seen mm-hmm. when, you know, a public facing member of an organization says or does something that we're like, that's, I, I can't support that brand anymore. Um, you know, or we've seen brands drop influencers because they're like, this isn't yeah. aligned with what we want to put out there. And it's so fascinating that we'll lean into that negative, but we won't think about it on the flip side. So do the opposite of that. Talk about what you're doing. That's going to make everyone say, I, I want it. I want, I want to buy from you. Yeah. And I think it's actually like talking about that kind of cancel culture. Like I, I, I believe that cancel culture is actually another form of supremacy culture, frankly, because we are humans. We are meant to make mistakes. We are meant to learn. We're meant to repair. And I think that if the more you can lean into your values from the get go, the more you actually have grace should you, should you do something or should you make a misstep? Right. Because if you're super into your values and people know you for your values and you say something that like either like, I mean, you say something or you do something that isn't quite embodied. Yes, you'll be called out. And the people who have been with you for your values will give you more grace knowing what your values actually are and give you space to come back. That's so good. So first of all, um, I always say about cancel culture, I don't believe in it because a person is not a magazine, so you can't cancel them. It's not a magazine (laughs) subscription. Uh, It's impossible. Um, But it's very interesting to me that you're aligning it with supremacy because again, thinking of marketing, I think the reason why cancel culture has stuck around so long is not just because of that kind of voyeurism around like, oh, how the mighty will fall. But Mm -hmm. I think that it's because the people taking down the figure, the public figure, have for themselves branded that it's accountability, have for themselves branded that it's justice, not that it's a form of supremacy to say, I want to like eradicate someone from the planet because they made a mistake. Now, Mm -hmm. here's where the, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push you a little bit. I love it. I love it. Push me, Sarah. (laughs) is it supremacy culture when we're canceling a supremacist you feel me is it supremacy culture yeah there's a there's a saying um i believe it's gosh i'm so bad with names um but there's this i'm gonna i'm gosh i'm I'm gonna really regret forgetting who said this quote there's this quote that says you cannot take down the master's house using the master's tools so if we want to dismantle things like supremacy culture, we cannot use supremacy culture. Dang. That's good. I have to find who said that quote because it's definitely not mine. I, I absolutely, I know that quote too. Yeah, that was powerful. And um, golly, first of all, <laughs> I love how because it's us, we are now fully into social activism. If you have marketing questions, raise your hand yeah. to the stage. Um, But in all seriousness, (laughs) no, but in all seriousness, here's the thing. Oh my God, I'm shouting in this coffee shop. Um, I love it. In all seriousness, I get animated. I get excited. They just cleared their throats. Maybe I should be a little. Um, In all seriousness, though, it is all threaded together. And so to me, it comes back to what we're talking about with aligned marketing. Um, is that it is all threaded together. This to me is a more meaningful and a more 
impactful conversation than the stereotypical, which by the way, guys, real marketers don't sit around and talk about logos all day long. Like that's boring. Um, but like, this is more interesting and I hope yeah. more valuable, which isn't to say if you have a logo question, come on up, we'll troubleshoot your logo. We can do that. <laughs> um, right. And, and also let's troubleshoot your mindset. <laughs> <laughs> but right, right why why person empowered a gap did you pick that logo and make the biggest logo gap of all time not canceling you but just saying you know what i mean but to your point Anis, it actually reminds me we're gonna get really dizzy for a minute it reminds me of a time when i went to get my hair cut and i wanted like a drastic change i had like extremely long long hair with blonde highlights i was 20 and i went to my hair stylist and i was like chop it off die dark and she was like is everything okay she was like, for real, like, is there anything we need to talk about? And I'm mentioning this because I actually think that's analogous in a lot of situations. Like if someone comes to you and is like, throw the old marketing plan out the window. Like sometimes you need to be like, what happened? Like, like, like sometimes I'll say to my clients, like, what did someone say to either what's inspiring or what did someone say to you? You know what I mean? Like if it's really good and solid with what they're saying, I'll probably start with like, this is amazing. Let's inspire you. Let's talk through it. And if it sounds less inspired, like, like maybe it's coming from a place of fear. Maybe it's coming from a scarcity mindset. Maybe someone told them that they were stupid to be doing what they were doing. It's having the discussion of like, I would love to hear where this is coming from. Pulling the threads that maybe you can pull through their marketing campaigns, but also, as you're saying, kind of assuaging those fears that, because you don't want fear-driven marketing. And that's another thing that I think is really special about living into your values is that that's almost like the cure-all for, I think, fear-driven marketing, perhaps. What do you think? I agree. <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely agree. Because I mean, to me, like fear-based marketing to me is like thinking that you need to show up 24 seven in order to be able to have a sustainable business. Fear-based marketing to me is, is, you know, thinking that you have to manipulate people into saying yes to what you're offering. Right. Like it's, it's all those things that. Fear-based marketing is, is if my competitor does this and I'm not spending as much as I'm on Facebook ads, or I don't have the exact same number of emails in my funnel or I am not popping on TikTok, it's I'm comparison. not going to have a successful yeah. business. Fear-based marketing is, yeah, is comparison. Fear-based marketing is stealing or trying to mimic other people's campaigns mm-hmm. rather than coming up with your own. You know, it's, I mean, even I'll say like, if we want to take it down to basics, like fear-based marketing is buying these templates of like, here's the, your next 30 days of, of Instagram. Instagram posts. captions. Like, yes, you know, and it's, <laughs> It's interesting to me too. I think fear-based marketing to me, it's the person who's running the race and starts looking backwards and it slows them Mm. down. Yeah, I could see that. It's also like, it's people who who are afraid to show up. Again, like if we're trying to get back to trauma, it's people who are afraid to show who they really are because they've been shown that it's not safe to be who they really are. You know, it's safer to be someone else. You're, you're so right. And it's interesting. I was just having this discussion with someone the other day um, that we all share the same stories of the mm-hmm. innovators who were called crazy and mm-hmm. told they didn't know what they were doing. And later on, they're seen as luminaries. But for the people who are in it, you know, they never, it never feels that way when you're in it. When you're in it, it just feels isolating. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And I will also say, like, it is incredibly isolating to be, like, embodied in your values. Like, it is not something that is praised in our society. And I think it is something that's shifting and changing. And I think the pandemic really accelerated that because we're, we had to dive into our values to see, like, okay, where is our level of comfort and, you know, exploitation? Where is our level of comfort in harming others? So I think that brought a lot of things forward. But you know, or rather, and being a, like being really, really values based can be incredibly isolating for a few different reasons, right? Some people might, might um, like now I have found my crew of people, but it took some shedding too, because there, there's some people who want to stay in their reality where it's okay to manipulate folks into buying, you know, programs that they don't need. Like some people want to stay that because their profit is more important and their and that that is their value. Like they don't want to admit to themselves that that their only value is or their main value is profit. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like to me, it's it's whatever right. is right for you is right for you. Uh, and also, like I feel like as an entrepreneur, it can be an incredibly isolating experience. Like like you said, like there are people who will question you, that will throw doubt, that will not understand you. I mean, look, my dad's a lifelong entrepreneur. He's still like he saw that on my Instagram. I have marketing mystic, and he called me. He's like, you need to take that down. I'm like, uh, why? He's like, oh, because companies aren't going to hire you. I'm like, great, I don't want to work with those companies. He's like, no, but you're leaving money on the table. I'm like, uh, no, I don't want that money. And there's still like with my father, he like helped raise me. Like there's still this incongruence yeah. sometimes with the people that are closest to you, um, and you just have to be okay with that. And this is yeah. where I actually think that like my upbringing, my trauma helped empower me is that like, I know what it's like. Like I went no contact with my family for, for a decent amount of time. Like I've done the thing solo that I, I, I trust that no matter what I'm good and I've got me. So when it comes to like being isolated from everybody else, like I'm cool with it. And also like that, that's a, not an easy thing to come to. And I don't think that you need trauma to come to that decision. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, we're all here because we're all here. We're all breathing because we've got us at the end of the day, right? Like we've gotten this far. Yeah. So when we can start to build that relationship with ourselves that like, I'm good, I can trust myself that I can figure it out no matter what, then you start to be a little bit more confident in what you're okay with sharing. You start to be a little bit more confident. Like, you know what? I can talk about this. This is fine. I'm okay. I got me. Yeah. And that, that's, I think, where the confidence also comes up. And that's also why I think we need to hold people's hands rather than tell them, telling them, do the most, be on TikTok, be on Facebook, be on, be on Instagram, you know, have your, your email funnel, have your this, have your that. It's, I think it's much more effective to hold someone's hand, be like, okay, what are you comfortable trying first? And then building that confidence step by step that they can fully step into their authenticity. They can fully step into their values because you can't expect someone to make this change. And, you know, like we grew up in a capitalistic patriarchal society to expect someone to be a total abolitionist, you know, overnight is just not, it's not reality. And I'm not, I don't identify as a total abolitionist either. Like I live in a capitalist system. I charge money for things like, yeah, like you can, you can and want to think that's an important, I actually think it's a really important distinction for people is that you're not you know, out here living off the land, which it would be beautiful if you were. Um, but it's important for people to know that it's not either or. It's not you're leaving money on the table so you won't be a successful business person. It's a different definition of success. Um, I do have a question for you based on something you were just mm -hmm. saying. So I know that you just said you don't define yourself as an abolitionist. Are you comfortable with the term activist? Do you feel, does that, or do you not like that label? Is that feel a little comfortable for you? Uh, can you define that label for me? 
Okay. I, how about I say, <laughs> I, I personally identify you as someone who is um, an educator and passionate mm-hmm. about certain social issues publicly. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable I with would. that? Yeah, absolutely. So a question I have for you, and it, it does kind of go back to the skin culture and everything else. I am curious because you leaned into some topics that people uh, are very split on in this environment right now. Mm-hmm. I am curious if it, I guess a three-part question, if it had business ramifications, if you cared if it had business ramifications, and then thirdly, if just the question was raised, how you navigated that? Because I want to hearten someone who's watching this back later, who like has maybe strongly held, um, you know, social views or opinions, but has a fear of sharing them of what happens next. Like, could you share a little bit about that journey as a business owner and sharing that so openly? Okay. So can you reframe the question for me? You had three parts. So what's, what's the it's question? It's a massive question. I guess here's the thing. So if you go out there with a viewpoint that maybe half the world mm, okay. disagrees with, yeah. um, just share that journey as a business yeah. owner. I mean, so I think if we, we're going to look at it from the frame of marketing, right? There's a customer journey. And I believe that that as a business owner, especially if you're a front-facing business owner, you have to be really clear with yourself what your boundaries are as far as what you're willing to share with people, your customers specifically, depending on where they're at with their journey. So people who are, for example, at the top part of my funnel who have just been introduced to me, I am comfortable saying that I grew up in a family dynamic that wasn't easy. I'm comfortable talking about some, some level of trauma. I'm comfortable talking about my business experiences that were also pretty traumatic. I'm comfortable talking about even like, uh, you know, my divorce. Like there's a lot of things that I'm comfortable and I'm talking, comfortable talking about my spirituality that I believe people can, like there's a lot of things that I'm comfortable with. And as people move through this customer journey, I have my boundaries obviously shift because we're more, we're relating on a deeper level. So I'll be more comfortable sharing specific things as people get to know me more. And it's just like human, you know, regular human relationships that don't have a dollar attached to them. Like it's just relating. So um, as far as like navigating a, you know, a polarizing, you know, uh, opinion, I think at the end of the day, it has to come back to what are your values. So something that that like related to me specifically is the Israel-Palestine like conflict that happened in in May and that's actually still ongoing. And I had to really sit with, um, and I'm Jewish, so I should probably mention that. Uh, So I had to sit with, where do I, um, like, I know how my nervous system was reacting because I was definitely in like not a good place for a very long time. And also I had to sit with how do I want to approach this in a way that is incredibly linked with my values? Because I'm not about spreading this information. I am, I am a person who is very intentional with the words that I try to use. So mm-hmm. I really had to, it took me a minute to find what my pathway was specifically in that situation. And what I leaned into, what I landed on, which felt really, really good was education. And it was education about Judaism. It was education about like, hey, we make up 1.8% of the US population. And a lot of folks have never met a Jewish person, have uh, or had only met one or two Jewish people and didn't have a great experience. So like they have a very isolating way of thinking about this and that's that's coloring their uh, their biases, frankly. So for me, I went into education mode and I lost followers. A hundred percent. I lost followers. I didn't lose any clients because again, like when you're upfront about your values and the way that you speak about things is values based, you have grace, you know? So it also, like I, I was able to have really Did they approach, did you have any clients like approach you with questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I had a ton of, of people who, who approached me with questions, even people that I didn't know. I had a ton of strangers in my DMs approaching me with questions. And to me, it was like, there were some people that didn't have questions that just wanted to come and like throw hate my way, which was like, fine, you can just block them and move on. Um, and then, then there were others who were open to a conversation and open to a dialogue and we had one. Yeah. So it's to me, like it's when it comes to sharing, sharing like your beliefs when it might be polarizing, I think it's first being really clear and it's helpful to actually do that exercise, like have your customer journey laid out, like write down, this is what I'm comfortable sharing at, sharing at this stage, this is what I'm comfortable sharing at this stage, this is what I'm comfortable sharing here. And you can be really clear for yourself. And then um, when there's things that happen like this, that can be traumatizing and that you feel you have to take a stand, I like take a step back, first of all, because anytime that you are, again, it goes into fear-based marketing. Anytime right. you're reacting from a trauma response, you are not actually tending to your values. And here's the and thing too, it is, it, it's interesting, forgive me for interrupting you for one second. Yeah, no, please. It's interesting to me that you brought up that fear-based reaction because I know for me, like one of the reasons why um, I don't maybe step as forward into the discussion as you do, not only because I'm not as educated as you are, but uh, I'm Jewish, but I went to Episcopal school. Like I mm -hmm. always felt like very othered. And so I'm like, why would I want to be like out there with my otheredness, which is a, it's totally a fear-based, like, I'm like, oh, this isn't, why would I talk about this when I'm talking about work? And even if it's something that's significant to me, I have family over there, why would I be talking about this right now? It's, it's irrelevant. It's over here. That's mm -hmm. a learned behavior. It's also, I mean, look, I, I, part of why my, my parents immigrated to the U.S. is that they wanted us to assimilate because, I mean, Jews in Tunisia were kicked out after the Six-Day War. My grandmother is a survivor of the Holocaust in France. Like, there was a desire for us to separate a little bit from Judaism when we moved here. Like, that was the intention of us to be more assimilated. So it's like, I, like a lot of the education that you saw me post was education that I, like, I had ideas of, but I was doing in real time. It's amazing. Like, I spent, hours of doing I research. can only imagine yeah. you were such a resource yeah it was I mean and for me it was it was a huge it's like it was a learning opportunity for me too because like I knew um and I think when, when things like that happen you have to be open to questioning your identities and your biases as well right because it's not just about finding resources that prove your point it's not just about finding finding ways that you're right it's also about looking at ways that you're wrong and looking at ways where there might be nuance that you didn't previously understand and being open to like you have to know that your identities are flexible mm -hmm. here's what by the way is super mm -hmm. interesting from a marketing perspective super mm -hmm. super interesting on this topic Ben and jerry's so oh, yeah. when you said like do your research and know what you're talking about up until the conflict, mm -hmm. I would always highlight Ben and Jerry's as um, a brand that understood social good. I mean, they're, they, they lived into their values. And then when I saw their statement around the Israel-Palestine conflict, I was like, these people didn't do their research. Um, mm -hmm. And there were actually so many thought leaders who I was almost like, and brands mm -hmm. that would just throw up a statement that said, I support Palestine. And I'm like, did you research this? Like yeah. who's on your team? And, and it's everything that we were talking about earlier that I think, and it's so interesting, actually, Donna Bowling had done a stage around that time where she asked about polarizing opinions and whether or not you should be polarizing in a personal brand. I actually talked to her on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, I think that two things are really important that you, if you're going to step into a topic that you believe wholeheartedly in what you're saying, and it's important to you and that you know what the heck you're talking about. And if either one of those things are missing, mm -hmm. it's problematic, in my opinion. 
Well, I, I also think, I mean, this is where the human relating, I think, to me comes into play is that like, I'm open to being wrong. You know, like I, and that's something that like, I don't think that any one human can step into, um, like, I mean, even like if we, if we were just to look at it as, as relationships, right. Because marketing is all about relationships, right. It's about you like telling people, Hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I have. Would you like to come participate in it? And other people, people saying yes or no, thank you. Or maybe later. Right. Like it's, it's at the end of the day, we're still humans connecting to humans. And I think one of the things that actually, and it was this, this conflict that really opened me up to it is that there is a lot of gray area, you know, and yeah, Ben and Jerry's was one that I pointed to. Like I have so many different presentations that I would point like, like Ben and Jerry's, like they, here's an ice cream company that talks about defunding the police, that talks about everything else that talks about a lot of us based things. And now Israel apparently, which, you know, I have opinions about, um, but it's just like one of those things that to me that wasn't congruent because they totally shifted what they're open to talking about versus, you know, just for Israel, which inherently, so part of, um, for folks who don't know, part of the definition of anti-Semitism is when you apply one set of standards to the only Jewish country, then you apply to everywhere else in the world. So to me, it would have been like, it would have been one thing if Ben and Jerry's had been using their platform to call out like, the concentration camps that are happening in China right now, or even the Palestinian deaths that are happening in, um, gosh, I want to say Iraq, that there's been like thousands. I mean, there's so many different things that Ben and Jerry's could have pointed to instead of just pointing to the only Israel country in the world. So to me, that was an incongruence. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. You know, so and. Oh, yeah. to your point too, really, and forgive me, I'm just so hyped about this conversation with you on IE. I'm sorry, I'm terrible. I'm interrupting. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're like she's terrible. She's interrupting me. Um, here's the other thing too, where you hit the nail on the head with what you just said, which is that I don't think that picking and choosing, at least to me, mm-hmm. that to me is actually someone who needs to go back to that alignment, to that values work in their marketing, so that it doesn't seem performative. Yeah. So that's, that's the other question is like, when, when you are going to take a stance, is it just for the likes? Is it just for the social media? You know, is it just because everybody else, I mean, we saw it with the BLM movement. How many people threw up the black square with right writing that like, oh, we stand with the black folks of America when they were having oppressive, like oppressive systems in their own businesses. Right. So really like check with yourself, like, why am I doing this? And I have, cause I have a lot of clients that call me when there's always these conflicts. Like I have clients uh, or friends that call me like, okay, do I say something? And my first question is always like, do you want to say something? And so many times people are like, no, not really. I'm like, okay, then don't like why? Like we're not yeah. again, supremacy culture at work just because everybody else is doing it. Doesn't mean you have to like twist yourself into belonging to that group. So, and then if the answer is yes, I do want to say something like this is heavy in my heart. This is like, I I want people to know, like, I want people to know where I stand. Okay, great. Where do you stand? Let's talk it out. You know, like, let's have a conversation. Like, okay, well, I'm a yes to this. I'm a no to that. Like, okay, well, what about this? Are you a yes to this nuance? And how are you embodying that? Like, what in your business says that you, that your values are actually aligned with that, right? Like, I feel like the NFL is an easy, easy, like, brand to point to because they put out this whole statement meanwhile two years ago they were finding Kaepernick and or Kaepernick God, I always say stammer you know like so it's it's where is like yes say a statement after you've examined what your business practices are 
Yeah, I think that's really, I think that's really powerful because um, just like we were talking before, I think around how problematic fear-based marketing is, mm -hmm. I think so is, um, as you were saying before, like as we were saying, performative marketing, marketing for the likes, marketing where people know that your heart is in it. It's not actually aligned with your business. Like it's not actually what you do. You know, when everyone hops on, yeah. like I will tell you a pet peeve of mine is whenever there's a day and businesses that don't give a you know what about whatever it is all post the things so like on earth mm -hmm. day everyone posts the globe but it's like they haven't done anything for the environment it's like you're killing on martin the world. luther king jr <laughs> on martin luther king jr jr day they post a martin luther king jr quote but it's in their colors and it's mm -hmm. like so let's say it's like in like etsy pink and it's like but actually you yeah. know what let's be fair because i want this to be an educational hour Let's explain to the people in the room who are doing that so well-meaning. Yeah. They're like, I want to acknowledge Martin Luther King Jr. I think he did something for this company. I've been told by something that everything on my grid should be uniform. Let's elaborate on why maybe that's a little bit out of alignment and not not laugh about it, not as marketers, not judge it, yeah. but say like, why, what, what is a better option for someone who's like, I care about the earth. What should I do on Earth Day? So, I mean, that's, that's, I think, I feel like we should workshop this with someone because it's a lot easier to have an actual case study, right? So like, what should you do on Earth Day? I don't know. Like, again, like, look at your practices first and then decide what you want to do. It's like, okay, I want to celebrate Earth Day. Okay, how do you want to celebrate Earth Day? I want to put a post on. It's like, is that really celebrating Earth Day? Is there an action you can take rather than just putting up, you know, a pretty aesthetic that would be more meaningful and that would be like an actual... <laughs> like celebration of Earth Day, right? Uh, right, like what if you planted trees in your community and did a story about it? Like that would be powerful. And how much more powerful you, would that be for you and for your community? Yeah, or even if you did a whole promotion, like with every purchase, I'm planting a tree or with everything, I'm doing this. Or you know what, for the next year, I'm doing, I'm buying carbon offsets with everything. So everything that you're buying from me is carbon neutral. Like there's so many different things that you can do if you just take the time to take it a step further. Right. So even with the ML, MLK quotes, like, okay, I want to honor MLK. Okay. You want to post a quote. What else? What else can you do? Okay. You can donate funds. You can do, uh, you can uplift, you know, people that are, that are, that are actually embodying M MLK's values. Right. You can do so many things beyond just putting up a print. And, and by the way, I'm a yes to aesthetic. Like it doesn't bother me that like people are going to put it in their, in their colors. I just, I just want it to be, it's again, it goes back to that performative action, I just wanted to take it a step further, right? And be, and ask yourself, is there a better way for me to actually embody this rather than just showing it? I love that. I think that that is an incredible, incredible note. I do want to ask Niku, who I pulled up on stage. I think it's yeah. her first time on the app. Niku has a background in marketing as well. She's one of our mods. Niku, did you want to pipe in or are you just playing around with, uh, with Fireside right now? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm totally trying to figure out what this app is all about. <laughs> but I'm loving this conversation. Well, we're excited that you are learning alongside us. You know, Anais, I want to give you the final word on this. We didn't get to workshop, so I'm going to have to bring you back as the show grows and we get some people up here to like actually workshop questions. But this was almost like cathartic for me as it always is when I have the opportunity to hang out and drink coffee with you for an hour. So I'm just, I just like to build that in. We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, but I really think if there's one thing that you could leave, um, not only everyone in the room, but we're so grateful you are here and you joined us today, Susan and James and Angie and Kim and Kinter and Debbie and everyone who I said good morning to earlier. We're so grateful you're here. But like, if you could leave everyone who's maybe watching on YouTube later or finds a link with 
you know, what is one thing that they can do in 2022 that will help them move the needle forward in an aligned way? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always like look off when I think too. So I wasn't even looking at this little monkey telling me you're muted. Um, So I think, I think it's just that it's like when you feel like you're like, I feel like inspired action is something that a lot of folks feel too, especially when they're doing spirit led work. So it's like, Oh, I really want to do this. And I, 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 to me, it's just give yourself the space to ask yourself why and give yourself the space to, um, I guess, okay, if there was really one thing, let me take it back. Like, know what your values are. <laughs> that, that would be the one thing that will really create so much clarity. And by the way, knowing what your values are is not like a one-hour thing. Like, I spent, I think it was 14 hours with one client just moving through their values and really getting into the nitty-gritty of what that is, of what they are and why they're important. So I think if there was one thing that would really help everything moving forward, and not just for this year, but, but in life is get really, really clear on your values and why they're so important to you and why you want to bring into the world and what impact that they, that they can make. Um, and then from there, I think it's a game changer because then you can basically test everything yeah. against it. Like, oh, I want to post something. Like, all right, how do, I, how do I post something about this while embodying these values? How do I, how do, I do this in a way that's a yes to me? And that, that'll, I think that'll move the needle forward. I love that so much. I do want to also, I realized one more thing, even though I said one more thing, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you. I know you have some amazing free downloads. I want them and they're like, Ani, she's amazing. Like the first time Glenn ever heard you speak, he was like, where'd you come from? So everyone who's having that experience, I want them to know where to find you. Yeah. I I mean, Instagram is one of my main, uh, one of my main channels. Uh, and also I will say that I practice what I preach. So I definitely took a month off in December for my birth month. Um, so at Instagram is basically the, the best way. It's just my first name, last name, Anais Ganuna, which I know everybody knows how to spell off the top of their head. It's in my profile on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, I have links to everything. I have links also, by the way, to some of the podcasts that we uh, put together from Breakfast with Champions. So if you do want to hear some of the prior segments, they are available in the link in my bio. Um, there's a free aligned marketing audit on there. There's, and you know what? I, I think it would be really fun too for folks that want like a, a fun, easy thing. Uh, there's a quiz, there's an assessment in the link of my bio that is what type of visionary you are. Uh, it'll take you 10 to 15 minutes and it comes with, uh, like the assessment's really, we spent four months on it. So the assessment's amazing. Uh, You'll go through, there's a lot of stuff about your skills, maybe what your weaknesses are, where you could use some improvement, your challenges. And there's an actual, um, there's a guided practice with every single type. So there's a meditation, there's a writing exercise, there's all these different things. So that might be uh, be of interest to folks. Yeah, that's free. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's on, it's it's, what type of visionary are you? is the name of it. The link is in my bio. It's a lot of fun. I'm an architect visionary, which means well, I like to take I, people and build steps. <laughs> I need to do that. If I do that, yeah. can I Zoom you and, and talk to yeah. you about my, my results? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll um, get, I'm a data nerd. I'll get the whole data. I'll see all the information. <laughs> you'll, you'll see my life story. I can, um, I can look it up. I don't look at it automatically, but for you, I will. Anis, I am so grateful that you spent this hour with me this morning. This was the this perfect start to my week. Um, you have such a heart of service. You're constantly helping me behind the scenes at Breakfast with Champions with anything in my life. Yeah, clap it up 
if you enjoyed the session this morning, clap it up for Anna East. If you're excited that you got to meet her, if you learned something today, um, I am just, I'm so, see, you see all this applause? Oh, we love the, you get enough applause. There's, it plays a little jam. I um, love it. I'm so grateful that you're hanging out with me on Fireside this morning. Um, I just learned so much from you always, and I just yeah. love you dearly. And I hope that this conversation makes it to the people who need to hear it. That's my hope. Oh, I know it will. I know it will. And even the people who aren't ready to hear it, I hope it just, or I know it'll just plant the seed for when they're ready. Well, listen, thank you so much. I'm going to pull the weight bot back up and we'll, uh, we'll shut her down for now, but you guys can catch Ani's Breakfast with Champions. You can catch her on her Instagram, follow her. She's a rock star. Every single person who was on the stage and in this room is a rock star. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Sarah, wait one second. You have a question in the chat. You have a question in the chat. I have a question in the chat. So if you where look above, we... um, I think it's, is it Niku? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing her name right. It says, yeah, where do we Niku. find your bio? Ana, you still oh. have a bio on here? I thought I did. I think if you click on my face. Mm. Oh, but I, yeah. Uh, okay, well, the way you spell my name is on there. I don't think I linked. Can I add my Instagram on here? I don't know. Do you know what? We will troubleshoot Ani's profile um, <laughs> after the show. But Niku, actually, so this is cool. I actually have the phone numbers of everyone on stage in my phone. So if y'all need to connect, we can, uh, and Instagram profiles, I can hook y'all up because you all are brilliant, brilliant people. So um, yes, please. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Y'all are awesome. And now I'm going to pull up the weight back. Thank you, Steph. Steph always has my back on Fireside. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.